You're listening to Creed and Deed, a podcast discussing biblical truth and its application to everyday life. Hey, we're on the podcast. It's live with Creed Indeed. I'm Rob Lindley, and this is my buddy Tim Hare. How you doing today, Tim? I'm good. I'm good. I'm coming to you from uh, live from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, Kansas City, Missouri. I'm up here uh, doing some job training, preparing to start my studies here. So, uh, are they yeah, a uh, sponsor of the podcast yet, Tim? I've uh, you, you, you know, uh, working on that. Working on that. that. Good. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Allen, Dr. Deucing, yeah, when y'all listen to this one day in the future, you know, yeah, we take some sponsorships. We'll we'll plug Midwestern. Rob's got his his Mid- demon. I'll I'll be working Midwestern, on PhD. You got Baptist got Theological Seminary. Great place to learn. I have a doctorate from there and a master's from there, Tim. It's great. Great professors, great learning for the church. We love them. They're a friend of the podcast, and uh, we support them wholly. Yeah. Uh, Tim, hey, Rob, wait, wait, Tim. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, uh, so as we are podcasting right now, the uh, SBC convention is going on. Are you uh, you keeping up with any of that? Tim, a little bit, keeping up a little bit with it. You know me, I am uh, fairly apolitical, which means that uh, I stay away from the zone of politics as far as uh, government politics and and uh, Baptist politics, but especially Baptist politics. And uh, <laughs> But I do love the church. Not yeah. necessarily the politics of the church, but I do love the church. So okay. I am for the church, and so I am involved. And obviously, I need to be abreast of the situation here. But do you know who? Do you know who our new president is? Yes, I do. I don't know his name, but I did see that he became the president <laughs> today. <laughs> Mister Bart Barber. Bart Barber. Bart Barber. He's a man. He's a faithful pastor. We have some uh, Aaron's. Well, you know him too. Some good friends. They grew up in his church and pastor First Baptist Farmer Farmersville. So congratulations to him. Also, a friend of ours uh, is the new Pastors Conference president. Did you see this? Daniel Dickard. Daniel Dickard. Yeah. He beat out Vody Bacham. He beat wow. out Vody Bacham. <laughs> That's pretty intense, man. So to beat uh, out Vody Bacham is pretty pretty intense, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and That's so a big yeah, name he's, to beat out, man. He's a uh, Daniel went. To, we we all went to school together at Southwestern. So congratulations to Daniel. So is uh, he going to call you to preach the conference? No, he's calling you. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> That's good. Well, if he does, I'll answer so, the call. So yeah, yeah. So so yeah, we got the you know convention going on. Uh, interesting things. So, uh, but the most important thing. And I know this is not usually what we talk about, but it's important. And this is where I think we get sidetracked so often. Uh, the most important part of the SBC convention is the IMB sending service, where they send out, uh, just celebrate the missionaries 
that are going out to share the gospel. Like, like that's why we exist as Southern Baptists. We get all caught up in the politics and the elections and all of this stuff. But the reason we exist is to send missionaries and plant churches and equip right. pastors. Uh, and so I know that that was a great Big C time. church, church stuff going on here. Big that's right. C that's church right. Stuff going on. I like it. So, all right, Tim, let's get into it. We are in the living podcast commentary, audio commentary, audio in commentary. the middle of Genesis. What do we do here, Tim, with Genesis 33? Genesis 33. So, yes, we are uh, coming near to the end of uh, the section of Jacob. Uh, we're hoping to finish his section, and the next time we'll get into the life of Joseph. Uh, but yeah, we're coming Ooh. to the end, and Ooh. and uh, Jacob is is returning from uh, his long long tenured uh, living in uh, in the land of of where was he? Haran with Laban, uh, and we t- we've discussed about all of all of the mistakes that were made there, all of the trickery and deceit that's mm. gone on. Mm-hmm. And and through that, God has uh, mm-hmm. has really broken Jacob, and that's what we saw the last time we were together. Uh, he, he Jacob is a broken man. He's wounded now. He's been wounded by God, uh, and yet through these wounding, he is he is striving. He's struggling with God, and through God's grace upon his life, um, God is using him, and and Jacob is 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 moving the narrative forward. Uh, and fulfilling the promises of God through God's grace and faith in his life. Um, and so now we're kind of coming full circle with his story. And, and we've mentioned a couple podcasts back about some chiastic structures in the narrative that are here. And, and he's, he's reuniting uh, with Esau, his brother. And, and the last time uh, we, we saw Esau in the text, uh, not a uh, uh, things were not good. Jacob had robbed Esau is basically his whole life and everything that he would inherit. Uh, Esau was going, was vowing to kill him. And so Jacob in returning, uh, there's, there's, you know, he hasn't seen his brother in 20 something years. And, and so he's, he's, he's fearful of that. And in Genesis 33 is the account um, of yeah. that. And so I've got, I've got yeah. some things before we start here, Tim, I just yeah, preached yeah. Obadiah. So there is uh, a a continuation of this story of Jacob and Esau all the way through the Bible with the nation of Edom. And Obadiah is actually God's judgment upon Edom. Edom, Edom. Remember, you, you said that. Uh, yeah, red, yeah. Red. Yeah. Uh, but, but the idea is that um, those against God's anointed, will face his judgment mm. and wrath. And and the, so the story of Esau and Jacob is uh, God tells Rebekah, these two nations are struggling in the womb, but one will overcome and the other. And that nation, the younger will, will um, the older will serve the younger. And at at that point, God is, is saying, my chosen one is Jacob and through the process of of God choosing and putting his hand and blessing Jacob um Esau 
becomes antagonistic towards the anointed one of God. And when we go through the Jacob will become Israel, and Israel, the the fulfillment of Israel, who is Christ, right, is actually um, depicted at in 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 uh, in when Christ came to the earth, um, the descendant of Edom, the descendant of Esau, was actually King Herod. This is mm. so interesting. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. all the way through the Bible, all the way through the Bible, you have this picture of the seed of the serpent is against the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman in this story is Jacob, even though he is a deceiver. God uses him, and he is God's anointed one. He will become Israel, have the twelve tribes of Israel, and Esau, because he wanted to kill God's anointed has become the serpent, has become the antagonist, has become Herod against when he kills all the of the babies in Bethlehem two years and under uh, at the time of Jesus. And so these these rep, these characters actually represent and walk through the entire scriptures and Obadiah brings that all together um, as God mm. judges Edom, um, which Edom will become uh, a nation. They will be prosperous when Israel is is destroyed by Babylon. And uh, that's what Obadiah is about, is actually why, how could Edom be blessed when they're not the people of God? And, and, and how can God's people be destroyed when Edom is gloating after them? And so... Uh, all these things are are good, and uh, we yeah. we see all this this happening. So I just just our readers need to understand this story is has a bigger meaning than just oh what yeah, we see for here. sure. I mean, and we've we've seen this throughout our journey through Genesis. Like this is such a foundational book. Like, like I don't know that you can understand. Uh, I don't know that you can understand fully the rest of scripture without some understanding of of genesis and so uh what you said there and connecting it to herod i mean it it, there's just so many connections that we can draw uh from these chapters all right let's get into 33 yeah so 33 and and we won't spend just a ton of time here but um jacob's returning and he's any and in his return uh he he sets up you know uh he he sends people ahead of him and so he he sends uh, gifts. He sends the servants. Um, he sends his family members, and he kind of staggers them in these in these lines, uh, hoping that maybe these things, I guess, will appease Esau, and uh, and that Esau's heart will be softened um, through the gifts and through seeing the family. Uh, and so you you come to verse four, and it says, "But Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck and kissed him." And they wept. And when Esau lifted up his eyes and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the servants drew near, they and their children, and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And last, Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob answered, To find favor in the sight of my Lord. 
But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please, if I have found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand, for I have seen your face, which is like the face of God, and you have accepted me. Please accept my blessing that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. Thus he urged him, and he took it. Rob, I want to get your thoughts here in a second, but just the things that stick out to me is two times Jacob has identified everything that he has as a gracious gift of the Lord. Mm. Uh, And that's opposite of what Jacob was thinking earlier. Uh, Mm. Earlier, he was he was using deceptive means and trickery uh, to uh, to 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 take what God was going to give him anyway. Right. Like. Like he is the promised one. He right. is the one who's going to inherit all this that was promised way back in the prophecy to uh, to Rebecca, and yet her through her trickery and his trickery, they've taken these things. But now Jacob has this this more wise perspective, and he sees God's hand of grace. Uh, and so his, his he's really done a one eighty in his life at this point. This is a this is a high moment for Jacob in recognizing that everything he that's been given him is a gracious gift of the Lord. Rob, what are your thoughts? No, yeah, I, I see I see a different man here. Obviously, <clears throat> God has taken him into exile, right? In order for him to understand God's gracious salvation. Mm-hmm. And I mean that that is that is Israel's story, right? I mean that that's our story. They, that's our story. <laughs> yeah. Right? But that's Israel's story and it's our story. Like we we are exiled from the garden. We are exiled from from Jerusalem, the mountain of God, and then God uh brings us back and we're grateful and thankful for for his salvation. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, so after this, uh, Esau is wanting Jacob to, uh, to, to, to come back and, and Jacob says, says no. Um, he says, uh, in verse uh, 14, let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant and I will lead on slowly at the pace of the livestock that are ahead of me and at the pace of the children until I come to my Lord and see her. So Esau said, let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, what need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of the in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of the place is called Succoth. Um, so just a co- couple comments on there because there's some interesting details. Uh, Succoth is is where Abraham first built his altar. Uh, so he is following in in the footsteps of of Abraham, uh, and so I think just a, another a highlight of Jacob's life that he is the man of of promise. He is who the inheritance will go through. Um, but also, uh, it says he built himself a house made of made of booths, and and he calls this place Succoth. That uh, Israel, after coming out of Egypt. So after after being enslaved, and, and we've seen the connections uh, in in Jacob's life uh, to when he was uh, kind of 
enslaved, if you will, to to Laban. And Laban is this Pharaoh-like figure who 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 Jacob runs away from and who flees um, Israel. They they flee out of that. And in the same spot in the land of Succoth, they build booths to live in. And so it just seems that maybe Moses here is, is making a uh, just one of those connections. We've got to remember who who the audience is here. And, um, and, 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 and they are reading these things, interpreting it from the lens of everything that has happened and everything that's about to happen. And I think th- this is why this is important. This is why Moses is record- recording some of these details. It's an encouragement to the people. Uh, and so, so this is um, this seems to be a, a, a moment where Israel should read this. And Jacob has not yet come to the place of promise. That's Bethel. Uh, that's where the house right. of God is. That's that is uh, that's where the the you know. Um, God's God's presence will most powerfully be with Jacob, and so he's not there yet. Uh, but he's he's coming Israel in the same way as they've come out of Egypt. That's great. There's kind of a a, a moment of 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 rest and peace for them, um, and they they have the 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 provision of of of, uh, of housing and stuff by these booths that they're making. Uh, but it's also pointing forward that they're not in the promised land yet. There's still more. Uh, journey to go and the land the land must be taken um and so so anyway just just some some interesting connections to make there remember your word to your servant you've given me hope you've given me hope my comfort and my suffering is this your promise any other thoughts from you I think I think the word of God is uh, is rich with truth, and you know you just you just you you can't miss those little connections that God is God's word is showing us. My plan from the beginning is your salvation. And and how I get to that is we're not only connecting back to Abraham, but we're connecting forward to the uh, Exodus. And and not only are we doing this, but we're also connecting forward to to Jesus and connecting forward to the cross and connecting forward to even Herod and and uh Jacob here and and all of these things are connected to where we're we're seeing God's salvation at work and God's plan of salvation. You can't read the Bible and and not understand that God in his sovereign plan is working all things out for the salvation of the nations. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's good. Uh so Genesis 34. Mm. This is good right here. This is, you know, in my Bible, I think probably in your Bible, uh, the subtitle is The Defiling of Dinah. Uh, a very tragic story. Uh, a very, you know, a, a story that, you know, I, I think one of the really important things when you read scripture is to not, be careful to not dehumanize it. Uh, I think oftentimes we just read it and we're not thinking about 
some of these details and the emotions that are going on. Like, like this is flat out a woman being raped. It is sexual abuse uh, going on here. And so um, what, what to, um, to set it up, it, it, right before chapter 34, it says in verse 18 of 33, And Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, on his way from Padan Aram, and he camped before the city. And from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, he bought for a hundred pieces of money the piece of land on which he had pitched his tent. There he erected an altar and called it El Elohe Israel. So, so, so Jacob, en route to Bethel, uh, he he camps in the land of Canaan at this place Shechem. Now, you know, I'm kind of under the persuasion that this might not be a, the greatest move by Jacob. Uh, because it, it seems to imply here that, that he, 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 like he needs to be on the move to Bethel. Like that's where the promised land is here. But for whatever reason, he just kind of remains here. He kind of settles here. And he settles in, this, in, in the land of Canaan, which, this, which for an early Israelite, that's a loaded term because the land of Canaan, of Canaan is filled with all sorts of people that are just horrible people that hate yeah. you. Uh, and so I think this is setting up for what, what takes place kind of, in chapter it's 34. Kind of like, he's, it's kind of like Lot who pitched his tent near Sodom and Gomorrah and his, his life turns out pretty poorly. But yes, yes I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and so then we have uh, Dinah, who is the daughter of Leah. Um, she, she goes out to see the women of the land. And it says in verse two, and when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he seized her and lay with her and humiliated her. And then it says, and his soul was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamor, saying, get me this girl for my wife. So Rob, your thoughts there. Before we, before we go forward to, uh, the response of of Israel and his yeah, sons. I mean, I mean, yeah. You know, throughout Genesis, right? I think one of the things that we see is all of the sexual sin, right? Of we've seen now through thirty three chapters, we've seen sexual taking two wives, and we've seen. Now, you know, intermarrying. Now we've seen this, this, this rape. We've seen uh, homosexuality. We've seen all of these things that are happening uh, through sexual sin. And <clears throat> Genesis 1 <clears throat> and 2, there's a lot happening as far as sex is concerned. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to have a have a sex talk with you here but <laughs> at the end of the day like the the fall has ruined um there there's consequences number one the adam and eve are naked and now they're ashamed of their nakedness right. there, there's there's right. immediately that 
The call is to be fruitful and multiply the two become one flesh of marriage. Um, there's a lot going on, right? Like, and then there's pain in childbearing. Um, the, the, you know, the idea in Genesis three of, of the pain in childbearing and also the, the struggle of men and women, you know, there, there's this idea that, um, that, that, God will continue to have uh, the seed or offspring of humanity, but it's going to be a struggle. And one of those struggles is in the area of sex in which in which man has now taken this beautiful um, image of the gospel, image of how uh, Christ loves his church, and it's to be in this this monogamous, uh, beautiful relationship. God loves his people that they're, they're not to be adulterous. They're not to be, you know, they're this beautiful oneness, you know, of I will be your God. You will be my people has now turned into this horrendous, uh, defamation of the character and nature of God and his, love for his people and his people's love for him. Mm-hmm. And so any type of sexual immorality and it's pride month, Tim this week. That's right. But, uh, or this month, but any yeah. type of sexual immorality is a degradation. It, it is a, um, a perversion of the character and the nature of God himself. And in this passage, this is a wicked and evil practice in which goes up to the God of the heavens and the earth, and he is um, not pleased. And judgment and wrath of God is coming upon the sexual immoral because they are presenting themselves who is created in the image of God as a perversion of that image of God. And unfortunately that, that is, that is the issue that we, that we find ourselves in the day that we find ourselves today. Yeah. Rob, you're so right. And I, I loved your, your, uh, connections back to, to Genesis, uh, one, two, and three. Uh, but, but the other thing, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the curses that were laid upon uh, Adam and Eve for their disobedience. Um, but within that was the promise, right? Genesis 3.15, that an offspring of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Now, uh, if I'm the serpent and I've just heard God make this declaration upon me, because that was spoken to the serpent specifically. Uh, what am I going to be trying to do from that point on? I'm going to try to do everything I can to, uh, to, to not allow this offspring to be born, right? I'm going to try to corrupt the line of this offspring. And so I think that's one of the reasons why there is so much perversion, sexual perversion in the story of Genesis, 
And so, so, you know, immediately after, uh, you know, Genesis three and through, you know, in four and five, you have Genesis six, which is the sons of God. They take the daughters of man and they have sexual relations with them. And, and we're not getting into our discussion on who the sons of God are, but, but just the idea of like, like the, the, we know those are, those are bad guys doing what the enemy would want them to do and doing things that shouldn't be done. And it causes problems. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's seeds of the serpent attempting Mm -hmm. to, to get in and corrupt the offspring. You see it, um, in, in, uh, in, in the story of Abraham and Sarai with Hagar, right. Where, where they try to form their own plan and they take this servant girl and they sexually abuse her. Right. And, and, uh, so right there, they're taking on the heart of the serpent. And you see this here, the same language. This is this, this, uh, uh, he, he saw her and he seized her or he took her. Uh, he is in this point operating. Uh, he is a seed of the serpent. And, and I think the, the motivation behind this is the, these offspring of the serpent attempting to bring corruption upon God's promised offspring. I meditate. On your ancient ways and they comfort me Oh, your decrees are my song In the night I will sing of your name Your decrees are my song In the night I will sing of your name, O oh God and this is where Jesus comes in, right? Like that's right. Right exactly. here is is this is this is how Jesus can say, if you've looked at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart because you saw, you took, and you ate in your own heart. And this is sin. And so, you know, if you're if you're listening to our podcast today and you're struggling with a pornography addiction, like you're 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 in this path right like the the story of dinah is 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 no different than the story of us as men who look take and eat or look and and decide that this is what we want if it's not our wife and the reality is 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 brother that um, the church is struggling in this area. Uh, many men struggle with this. And we have got to repent. We've got to turn from our sin. And we've got to say, I need help in this zone. And we've got to ask the Lord to bring about a change in our heart that we desire Him more than we desire uh the the fruit of the serpent mm. the seed of the serpent the 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 serpent's uh lies just like in the garden of eden to take and eat are false to us that this is not god's plan and it's not god's best for our life and for our family and for our spouse and for our future spouse so you know we have to trust in God's design over Satan's ways. And this, this story, it, it just gets, keeps getting worse, Tim. 
Yeah. And sexual and I, and sin will bring about destruction. That's right. Complete and utter destruction for everyone Absolutely. involved. That's Tell right. me about it. Let's let's, let's um, see. It. Yeah, no, and and before we move on, I don't want to you know, we're we've got to get moving through this. We're going to cover it all, but but just you know, some people might be a little confused uh with with verse 3 and 4 or at least verse 3 where it says, and his soul was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. And like, well, is, is Shechem, you know, what, what's going on here? Is he, does he have a heart change? Like, is this like a, a repentant moment? Uh, and, and I would say what we see here is an inversion of God's design. Um, and, and we see this, we see God's design for sex and for marriage clearly laid out in the book of Song of Solomon, right? Uh, right. In our in our quiet times, we've been we've been which reading is, the Song of Solomon, which is a picture of how God loves His church. Yes, yes, right. But but what you see there is is a uh, the people telling the, the 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 woman, hey, don't let the the passion of love overtake you. Like like wait for it. So 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 you so first comes the love and the speaking tenderly uh, to the woman. Uh, so that you can be married, the result then is healthy sexual relations. So this is a complete inversion, and nowhere in the story, nowhere is Shechem or his father or anybody express regret or repentance about the situation. Right. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, this is not a. It's not a a good a good look. Um, and and Shechem really has a. Uh, um, very similar to like Samson, if we're, if we're familiar with this, Samson saw this foreign girl and he wants her and he tells his dad, go get this girl for my wife. Um, and so, uh, and so this is, this is kind of that he's, he, he sees her, he wants her and he go gets. And so there's this conversation between, between Jacob and Hamor and, uh, and, and they discuss these things and, and Hamor wants to unite with them and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll give, you know, property and possessions and, and they'll just kind of be united in with the people of God with, 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 so, so the people of the land of Canaan will be uh, united with the land, with the people of Israel. And we know that's problematic. Uh, We know that God's people are supposed to be set apart from those people. Um, So, 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 you know, that's, that's not supposed to be good, but, but Jacob, um, he says in verse, uh, let's see, 13, the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and his father Hamor deceitfully because he had defiled their sister Dinah. They said to them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that would be a disgrace to us. Only on this condition will we agree with you that you will become as we are by every male among you being circumcised. Then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters to ourselves and we will dwell with you and become one people. But if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and we will be gone. Verse 18, their words pleased Hamor and Hamor's son Shechem and the young men did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. Now he was the most honored of all his father's house. So Hamor and his son Shechem came to the gate of their city and spoke to the men of their city saying, these men are at peace with us. Let them dwell in the land and trade in it for behold, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters as wives. Let us give them our daughters only on this condition will the men agree. They've got to be circumcised. Then it says in verse 25, on the third day, when they were sore, two of the sons of Jacob, 
Simeon and Levi. They took their swords and they came against the city. Verse 26, they killed Hamor and his son Shechem with the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went away. So so they just slaughtered everybody, slaughtered all, all the males. Um, Rob, I know you've got yeah. comments on this. Well, I think you got to keep going here. So they take everything, they capture all the little ones, their wives, all that was in the houses, they captured and plundered. Then Jacob in verse 30 said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, Perizzites. My numbers are few, and if they gather themselves against me and attack me, I shall be destroyed, both I and my household. But they said, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? And then chapter 35, God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. <laughs> so, so again, we come back to, we should have been going to Bethel. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're in, we're in a problem here because we're dwelling in the Canaanite lands. We're dwelling close to Sodom and Gomorrah. And now we have a mess because, you know, God has called, um, you know, Abraham to be a blessing to all nations. And now we're stinking to the Canaanites and the parasites. This is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you think that the actions here are just or unjust, God, God really doesn't comment on, right? Um, yeah. But there's a problem... Um, you know, with, uh, there's, there's, there's issues all over the place. Issue number one is, is the, that, uh, the, the injustice that was shown upon, um, Dinah and her family, uh, is, is responded with, a complete destruction of a people group. And I think it's, I think, you know, we go, we go back to the scripture. What does the scripture say? Scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's right. They take, they take vengeance in their own hands here. It's not the Lord's direction for them to destroy Shechem. And so I, I tend to think in this circumstance that they um, were out of line because of what Jacob says here, that they stink by the inhabitants of the land in which they were called to be a light to. And uh, I think that you will see now this, this struggle with the nations and God's people and this is this is kind of beginning this this whole understanding of the nations and God's people struggling to the nation of Israel struggling to be a light for these nations and the and the the nation of of the nations receiving God's people and receiving God's word and his way and his direction and mm. and so this struggle is taking place 
all the injustice that's being done to Dinah and her family. And yet, uh, and let it in, 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 they did not wait upon the Lord. They took matters in their own hands. And now this is what happens when sin happens, Tim, is it gets so messy that the, the lines are blurred, right and wrong, just and injustice. It's so messy. And God is saying, let's get back on the path. Go to Bethel where you're going to sacrifice there. It's, it's very difficult um, when, let's, let's just say, like a person has an affair and they have a child, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say they have an affair and they have a child. What are they supposed to do with that child? They're supposed to, you know, how do they take care of the mother? How do they take care of that child? How do they, how do they love their, their, their wife uh, with their child? There, there's no, there's no easy answers for, for, for sexual sin. The Bible doesn't say, you know, like there's no easy answer to fix these issues. You get back on and you worship the Lord God Almighty, right? Like there's no easy answers. And so, in in sin, oftentimes it gets so messy that we have to, we have to um, focus our attention back unto the Lord, what He's called us to do, and go back to that. And and sometimes some things like this cannot be undone until we are in heaven and there's no more tears and pain and suffering. Yeah, and I'm I'm reminded of. Uh... You know, in in Second Samuel, uh, you have David's sin with Bathsheba, um, which really is a is a turning point in the narrative of David's life, where everything goes downhill. And it's really not just for David's life; it's really for the for the people of Israel, uh, the kingdom of Israel as a whole. Um, and 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 what immediately follows David's sin. Uh, is his son Amnon's sin, Amnon and Tamar, right? Where Amnon does a very similar thing to what Shechem does here with Dinah, Amnon and Tamar. Uh, and then and then what happens with after that? You have Absalom, who was uh, uh, who was Tamar's brother from the same mom. Uh, he later goes and he kills Amnon. Uh, and then Absalom, he's, you know, and so what you see is just like what you're saying, the consequences of sin. Uh, and so you have a very similar story that happens there. And so so I, I do not think that you can, uh, when you look at the kind of the whole uh, storyline of scripture, I don't think the actions of, uh, is it Le- Levi and Simeon here? Um, yeah, I don't think their actions are justified. I think when we look at these things, they're taking justice into their own hands. I think you made a great point with with it's 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 the Lord, uh, vengeance is the Lord, uh, belongs to the Lord, and and so now there's going to come a time where God's people are going to go into the land, and they will bring God's judgment upon the nations. But and that's what that's what the the Israelites that Moses is writing to. That's what they're about to do. So they're getting to, to to recount and read a story in which in which the people 
um, in which in which these two guys took justice into their own hands, and it was not good. Uh, and it and it leads leads to, it leads to problems that that this generate that the generation of, of Israelites with Moses were now about to face. Um, and so so yeah, I do not think when, that that was good. And in uh, chapter forty nine of Genesis, Tim, Jacob on his deathbed will not bless Levi and Simeon. Uh, it says it says on chapter forty nine, verse five, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. O oh, my glory, be not joined to their company. For in their anger they killed men. And in their will willfulness, they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Levi loses his inheritance, and Simeon, uh, the tribe of Simeon, seems to vanish from history. And uh, these, th- this is this is a consequence of 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 what they did. Yeah, but. Here, here, man, we could just go on and talk about this for forever. But, you know, our one of our uh, favorite theologians now, James Hamilton, in his book, God's Salvation, or God's Glory through and judgment. Salvation Through Judgment. Uh, Simeon receives a full judgment. Levi, though he doesn't have, a, have an inheritance, in many ways is restored. And it's through Levi that, that people will have... Uh, access to the temple and for sins to be forgiven they are put in mm. charge of 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 the sacrifice and they are the ones who are going to mediate right. on behalf of god's people and uh they they will be uh lots of blood will come from their from mm. from what they do but it's the blood of animals mm. yeah so god redeems so he god redeems it. what they have done here this is this is an interesting point let's stay here for a minute not okay. only does he redeem and make them priests, right, and 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 taking care of of the temple, but he also, uh, when the golden calf issue arises, he he takes the Levites and they grab their sword and and yeah. he calls them to judge Israel. Yeah, and uh, this time he's called for the judgment of Israel, but this 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 issue, God did not orchestrate the judgment. They took it in their own hands, but he redeems it. So it's interesting. The narrative is interesting here because it's almost like Moses, again, knows what's going to happen about Levi, and he's going to take up the sword again. Oh, yeah. uh, On his own people this time. But there is precedence for Levi uh, taking up the sword in this case, in Dinah, unjustly, I think, I think unjustly, which Jacob would, would say the same. Yes. So, totally agree. so the, the righteous way to handle injustice, Tim, now, now we're getting into it. The righteous way to handle injustice, the, the way of God to handle injustice is the cross of Christ. That's right. God unjustly gave himself up for sinners and for Christians we are going to suffer unjustly Tim 
And our role is to share this gospel with a lost and dying world, with the nations. And so when the cross of Christ happens upon uh, and, the, and, and the people in the world persecute and punish us or do horrendous things, we are called to love them back so that the cross of Christ and the God of the universe may be magnified through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and that we may be a light for the nations, that we may not take up the sword, but we may allow the God who who does take vengeance to allow him to be the one that takes the vengeance, not ourself. That's right. That's right. Uh, Tim, I don't good. think we're going to get okay. through, uh, well, hold, through 35 I, I think, and 36. I, I think we can hold on. Let, let, let's, let's just give it a 10. Let's go, go for a little bit longer. Um, 35. God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Um, and so, uh, that, that word arise, um, it's, it's, it's an important word. It's, it's kind of a a going up word, going up to Bethel, going up to the house of the Lord. That's Mm. where the blessing is. That's where God's presence is ascending, ascending the mountain of God. And he goes there and makes an altar and look, notice what happens. Uh, Jacob prepared his household. They put away the foreign gods. Um, then down in. Down in verse 5, it says, And as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them, so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So so here they were settling in the land, and they had these problems with the people in the land. If they just would have listened to God and keep going, the terror of God is going to go from them. And the exact same thing is going to happen uh, to the people of Israel in, in Joshua, where a terror mm. of the Lord is going to go before them. and and it's, and it, it leaves the people of the land in absolute fear and trembling. Um, and so uh, they, they come up to Bethel and, uh, and, and that's, that's where, you know, th- that's where, again, God's presence is. That's where they should have been heading. And they could have, all those problems could have been, uh, could have been, uh, uh, what's the word? They, 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 they could have been pre- uh, prevented had he not settled in a land that he shouldn't have settled with. Um, so Rob, I know you got to go. So we'll, we'll end there. Um, and, and cause there's a, some interesting things that I want to make about the next in, in chapter 35 and 36. Uh, yeah. so we might have to stretch well, this. To this, stretch this is, uh, this has been a great discussion. Obviously, um, those, those who have, have suffered sexual sins, we, we, we want to say, that um, have been a victim of sexual sin. We want to say that there is a God who loves you. Um, there are people that um, mm. want to help you through that. It's, it's called the church. And um, there, if you are a victim or you know somebody who has been a victim, um, you know God wants to walk you through that to find complete healing and restoration of you. And, uh, and if you were a offender, you know, there, God wants to, to, to restore you. He wants to redeem you. And, um, 
there, there, there's a lot of things that, that are people who have been hurt by sin uh, in this area, maybe divorce or adultery or um, just just a lot of area of hurt that our world suffers from. And I, I just want to say as a pastor that um, that these stories remind us of our need for Christ, our need for a Savior, our need for our God who sees us, who loves us and who wants us to be bring us back to him in the garden of Eden to the mountain of the Lord to dwell with him forever that he will wipe away every tear from our eye that we will be no pain suffering heartache um in the mountain of of the Lord in the new Jerusalem and so I just want to I just want to say we care about you and we love you and and we want um, to know that this is this is not okay, but uh, we know that uh, our life is not over because yeah. God has given us hope. And for the last couple of years, Southern Baptists have been in the news for, uh, I would say, not good reasons because we have tried uh, churches, pastors, staff people have tried to hide sexual sin. Um, they have not dealt with it well, uh, even. Even people in leadership in our convention have not handled it well, but I'm thankful for uh, some of the, the motions that have taken place at the SBC convention in the last couple of years, including one, uh, I believe, yesterday, uh, that there, we're seeking to, to rectify what's been wrong and we're seeking to love the abused well. Uh, and so hopefully we can continue in this path and we, and we, can, we can do it uh, in a way that we should do it. And so, uh, anyway, thankful for that. And, uh, and yes, so great, great application there, Rob. So, Hey, quick right. resource, yeah, free resource. Sure. Uh, we, we, we opened up with me at Midwestern. Here's a, here's a great, incredible free resource that Midwestern has just recently put out. It's called for the church Institute, uh, in which, uh, Ooh. some of their finest faculty, uh, have done video classes uh, for anybody, for the church member, for pastors, whatever. They can they can watch it for free. Um, and so there's there's theology classes, there's history classes, there's Bible classes, New Testament, Old Testament. So uh, you check that out at uh, at Midwestern. Just look up, just Google for the Church Institute. I'll try to link it in the footnotes uh, for you guys. But uh, but yeah, if you want, if you enjoy digging deep in theology or the Bible or church history, then that is an incredible resource that you can take advantage of. Yeah, thanks for listening so. to the Creed and Deed podcast. It's been brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological <laughs> Seminary, right? And <laughs> oh, uh, hey, whoa, 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 wait! One more thing, we got a we got a review. Somebody oh, reviewed us again. Yeah, we Who did. Uh, hold on, just a second. I'm pulling it up. Right now, give me one quick second. Here we go. Uh, this is from C99980. Rob and Tim do a great job bringing out things in the text and wrestling with some of the challenges as well. A great podcast is well worth your time. Oh, well, we appreciate that, CR905. <laughs> Three thousand. <laughs> Solid Bible study. So we, we anyway, appreciate, appreciate that. you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Signing off. This is Creed indeed. 
taking the uh, Bible, ancient truths and bringing them down to everyday life. Thanks, Tim. Later. Thank you for listening to Creed Indeed. We are a podcast seeking to discuss biblical truth and its application to everyday life. If you are enjoying the conversations that Rob and I are having, then we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and consider giving us a rating and some feedback as well as like our page on Facebook. That will allow us to better be able to interact with our listeners. Our theme music, entitled King of the Mountain, is by our dear friend Erskine Anavitarte. And our interlude and concluding music comes to you from a very talented husband and wife duo called Poor Bishop Hooper. All of their information can be found in the show notes below each episode. We want to close with this verse from Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Grace and peace.